Welcome to the eighth episode of Outside Innovation, which is the podcast version of my weekly blog. You can find it at pauliteller.com. So I finally started publicizing the podcasts to, wanted to get a few under my belt, first of all, before I started uh, telling people it was out there. Thanks for the uh, the kind comments. I haven't had any unkind comments that have come in uh, the past week. The general kind of format or the timescale I'm going to try and stick to is a blog, a written blog released Friday, and then a podcast version the following Wednesday, which will include comments people have made or any challenges. It'll be really embarrassing, obviously, if no one comments, so I'll just make some stuff up at that point if that's the case. I'm aiming to be around kind of 10 or 15 minutes, maybe going to 30 minutes if we have any guests. It's a very crowded market is the podcast market, so I want to try and keep it as accessible uh, as possible. I just saw that Sam Harris's latest podcast, his latest episode, he's four hours. I mean, I love long-form content, but we need to find the time to live. Um, but yeah, I do I do enjoy Sam Harris, sorry. Um, into the, I went to see the, um, the Candyman reboot last night, uh, the film, and it was like 90 minutes, which is so refreshing these days because you kind of expect films to be like, two hour 15 two hour 30 all the time so it's a real it's a real um a surprise when things come in on point um anyway this week's podcast the people versus the system and why the people rarely win so th- this week's um blog opened with a quote from uh, w edwards deming which says the supposition is prevalent the world over that there would not be no problems in production or in service if only our workers would do their jobs as they were taught Pleasant dreams. The workers are handicapped by the system and the system belongs to the management. So I started with, it's all about the people, our culture, our values. It's a common cry from companies everywhere, proudly announcing to the world that they only hire the best people. Come and work for us and we'll let you make a big difference. And seemingly then that sort of points to a meritocracy that the best companies just simply recruit better, more motivated people and therefore they perform. So with that kind of thinking, we should be able to solve problems like what we talked about last week with the NHS, purely through just better recruitment and retention policies. So there seems to be an elephant in the room here. What if we overstate the effect of the people in our organisations? And what if we spend too much time addressing what they feel and think without addressing the more complex systemic issues that influence how people perform or behave. And according to Deming, 95% of variation in the performance of a system or your organisation is caused by the system itself, and only 5% is caused by the people. This is also known as Deming's 95-5 stroke rule. Deming's point, which was outlined in his famous red bead experiment that you can find on YouTube, was that in most processes, any effect that the individual may have is swamped by the system they're part of. In fact, the variability they cause is just part of the system overall. As management owns the system, the workers themselves have little influence over the outcomes. When it comes to people versus the system, the system always wins. In his book, Beyond Command and Control, John Seddon states that the change HR or any people function needs to make is obvious. It needs to work on the 95% of the system that governs performance, not the 5% that doesn't. 
The starting place for functions like HR is for after the services have been redesigned. In practice, though, the typical HR function spends most of its time dealing with the fallout of performance failure or training people for a battle they can't possibly win. One of the best posts I've read in the last week comes from Steve Blank, who tells of his frustration in attending an Innovation Hero Award ceremony. You've all seen the types within your organisations. His point is that rewarding people for innovation and how they have battled against the system is actually just perpetuating the conditions in the system that prevent innovation in the first place. To quote from Steve, the emphasis is on process, procedures and the sustainment of existing systems. Deviations from that system which create chaos and diverge from the predetermined are not welcomed, let alone promoted and funded. They are eliminated. So what Steve's saying is smart organisations recognise that people must be empowered to change the system itself. And instead of managers of process, you need innovation leaders who shepherd ideas through an innovation pipeline. Now, I don't 100% buy into the Deming rule. Let's remember that in his world, he was talking from the perspective of a tightly controlled factory floor, literally assembling products. I don't challenge the idea that the system affects performance or that we pay attention, too much attention, sorry, to people problems. However, anyone who has worked in an organisation that has experienced a profound change in personnel has seen the disruptive effects, both positive and negative, that people can have. They influence things way more than 5%. For most of us, our work is inseparably connected with the people who operate within the system. You can change a single person sometimes and suddenly the rules of the game have changed and everyone else operates in a different context. The same system maybe, but in a very different context. Overall though, this is why one-size-fits-all transformation approaches don't work, and for good reason. Transformation measures need to be carefully calibrated to the complexity of different areas of the organisation. More attention needs to be paid to complex systems and how they fit within the overall organisational design. Now, I'd argue many managers just don't want to go here. This is too much like hard work. It's genuinely easier to focus on people initiatives or leaderism initiatives and management bullshit than it is to actually change the system. And I contend that the root cause of a lot of this is short-termism. Boards and executives are often often focused on backwards-looking performance metrics rather than sustainable goals that may take years to realise. Larger-scale change dies or thrives from the top. Accordingly, the role of boards in understanding the process of innovation and transformation and the culture it requires to thrive cannot be underplayed. So, will our organisations ever focus on genuine system change? Well, I do really think the net zero and wider sustainability agenda might bring with it a shift to longer term thinking or looking at change over a period of years or even decades. To think about or bring about these sorts of changes requires whole system change. And whole system change is based on whole systems thinking, that the parts of a system are all connected and therefore influence each other. Rewiring this requires a commitment that few companies will be willing to make. But we are living in times where we need radical solutions to big problems. The world is, as Seth Godin has said, begging us to be remarkable. So we have an opportunity to be different and more memorable and make more change than we ever have. Because at the end of the day, who wants to win the race to mediocrity instead?
So that was uh, this week's blog. I've had a couple of comments from people whose work I really admire and know a lot more about this subject than, than I do, to be honest. Um, so first of all, comment from John Mortimer, who, who's messaged me uh, saying, you know, you, you mentioned the Deming rule, Paul, and that employees influence things way more than 5%. This is quite true. But the point Deming was making is that the employee's behavior is an outcome of the system. Potentially, the way the manager creates a team working environment and assigns individual blame or targets influences um, that. He goes on and gives an example, which I won't give the full example because it was a private message and I don't know how much he wants me to share, uh, about coaching somebody who, who's been working within a system, really demotivated, but through kind of coaching techniques and motivational techniques, much more confident, open, trusting, and was able actually kind of improve the way um, that, that that person and that team collaborated with other teams within the system. And therefore, what they did do is change the system and, and the behaviour actually changed. So I think that kind of goes back to the point that John Senham was making that I quoted from in the um, Beyond Command and Control, that, you know, people, teams, HR services can potentially play a much more supportive role, but that absolutely has to stem from recognizing that the system has to change rather than just putting all the efforts and attention on people ultimately people act as a result of the system in which they operate so thanks for that john the other comment and i will post a link to this in the episode description is from bob marshall who uh, blogs as the flowchain sensei at uh, flowchainsensei.wordpress.com um, Bob is a really original thinker and, and someone who inspires me. Um, his blog is well worth subscribing to. He does kind of longer form posts, but he does like quickies that drop into your inbox with a couple of lines that always come from a different kind of point of view and always make you uh, think. And he links to some really good material as well. So Bob's first point he made was that, you know, I used the phrase innovation leaders and he said we don't need innovation leaders so much as innovation fellows. And I agree with that because I inadvertently focused on leaders again rather than um, anyone can play a part in what we've just been talking about. And then he posts a link to one of his posts, which is say I will link to within the episode bio that I think sums things up a lot better than I actually did, actually. So look, I'm just quoting from his system, which is called the People versus System Conundrum. And he's put, I've recently seen that some folks have difficulty reconciling Deming's 95% system rule with Jerry Weinberg's second law of consulting, which just to uh, uh, inform you of, that second law of consulting is no matter how it looks at first, it's always a people problem. So you've got Deming saying system, Jerry Weinberg saying it's always a people problem. And Bob has put this, which I think is really good. I can appreciate the dilemma, but resolve it myself like this. It is always a people problem. But the solution is not to try to change the people, because that's a pointless red herring. Rather, the solution is to change the system. Even better is having the people, the workers, change the systems themselves with the active participation of management so everyone can share the normative learning experience. So um, thanks for that. He closes with a quote as well from um, Jerry Sterning, 
which says it's easier to act our way into a new way of thinking than think our way into a new way of acting, which is always a good one. So uh, thanks for that, Bob, and I will link to that. I think I've said twice already, but I will do that. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for listening for Outside Innovation, and it would be appreciated if you'd subscribe to this on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you're listening. Great if you can leave a review and even better if you give it a really positive review as we try and build up some um, some following. So thanks for that, and I'll see you next time. Bye.